Yarra Libraries acknowledges the Wurundjeris, the traditional owners of the land this podcast was recorded on, pays tribute to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in Yarra, and gives respect to Elders past, present and emerging. This episode contains a few swears and some adult themes. You're listening to a Yarra Libraries podcast, where we bring you discussions related to the books, films, music and ideas that make up our library collection. Today, we're pleased to present one of our Carlton After Hours readings, organised in partnership with Australian Poetry. This event was held at Carlton Library in February this year and featured Leanne Lowe, Michael Farrell and Harry Reid. They were introduced by Australian Poetry's Jacinta Laplastrier. So it's really wonderful to be here again at Carlton Library, which was an initiative of Carlton Library and Yarra Libraries last year when we were running a small campaign um, across our social media about the importance of poetry being maintained within public library collections. Carlton Libraries proactively approached um, AP through Lisa Gorton, um, who's also a great advocate of poetry in libraries, so we started curating this twice a year series. I think it's wonderful. And they were particularly interested in reprising an event that we did at Melbourne Writers' Festival last year. The publication outcome of that Melbourne Festival event is in our current journal. It's the Australian Poetry Journal 8.2. And it features 19 new poems by 18 poets who identify as queer in a whole range of ways, and one who doesn't identify as queer but whose work is very much around gender bending, gender fluidity, questioning, binarism, and that's Anya Walwers. But uh, the three readers here tonight were all part of that reading at Melbourne Writers' Festival. It was absolutely one of the most incredible events I've been to. People were in tears. And so I just think if you're interested at all in reading the full suite, you can just contact me at Australian Poetry and I'll send you a digital PDF of the work or if you want to buy the print copy, you can as well. So Leanne Lowe writes across fiction and non-fiction. In 2018, she was a recipient of the Hot Desk Fellowship, oh no, the Next Chapter Scheme, sorry, um, which is at the Wheeler Centre. Harry Reid is a poet from Melbourne. They co-host Sick Leave, which is a monthly reading series um, at the Gasometer Hotel nearby. Really encourage people to support it. Again, incredible range of voices coming through there, new and established. Harry's work can be found in Overland, Australian Poetry Journal, Cordite Poetry Review and elsewhere. And last of all, Michael Farrell, whose books include A Lyrebird, Selected Poems, I Love Poetry, Duramondo, and Writing Australian, Unsettlement Modes of Poetic Invention. And I Love Poetry, as a few of the, in the audience would know, has received quite a lot of um, public recognition. It was shortlisted for the Queensland Poetry Prize, the Judith Calanth. Thank you to everyone. It's such a pleasure always to reach, reach out to more people in the community as well. And thank you to Yarra Libraries very much as well. Thank you. Thank you, Jacinta. Home. The Chinese. My father's ancestors sailed into the Straits of Malacca and settled into the Malay Peninsula. They prayed to Dr. Gong, his altar hidden in forests and crannies, gave him offerings. They wanted to make peace with the spirits of the land. Where I now live, call home. Heavenly Queen Mazu gazes steadily over the Maribyrnong, beating seafarers safe. 
on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin nations, I pay my respect to elders past, present, and future in solidarity with all First Nations Australians whose sovereign rights, ancient wisdoms, and stories were never ceded. Australia is Melbourne, is Glen Waverley, is my new home, where the moisture is sucked dry, where I can trace a cartography of where Malaysia ends and Australia begins on the contour of my papery skin. But connection to place is beyond physicality I had yet to uncover. Connection to place is about a love for the familiar, tracing a memory and finding that sweet spot where you know your home, wherever home is, whatever home means. In 1991, I moved continent, settled into Kulin Nation's country. The year before Terranalius ended and hope for a new nation was stymied, stunted, bludgeoned by the fury of anti-political correctness campaigns. Howard, Hansen, racist rhetoric. Australia is Melbourne is Glen Waverley is my new home. Connection to place is about a love for the familiar, tracing a memory and finding that sweet spot where you know your home, wherever home is whatever home means. Love, let me find love. Let me find the one to love. Let me find the one who will call, who will love me. Let me find love, love, love. Everyone deserves love. Hate, I hate my skin when it turns gray, yellow gray on my face, the tips of my fingers, one before breakfast, one after breakfast, one before lunch, one after lunch, one before dinner, one after dinner, and however many I needed when I needed fresh air. On a date, we sit in this very hip and happening vegetarian restaurant on Brunswick Street for two expensive fur on our first date. You tell me that you like to be a fashion role model for femme lesbians over 40, since you have the view that femme lesbians over 40 are all running shoe and tracksuit wearing women. You tell me you like it rough. I like the rose-colored bird clip you have in your hair. It brings out your almond eyes. You tell me about not being Asian enough, not liking the in-between. This male waiter comes over. He gives me a greasy look, attempts flirting with you, no eye contact with me. So we walk and walk and walk, and we talk and talk and talk. And I get nervous, so I talk about airplane crashes because my friend died recently of a freak accident. I've turned the corner into darkness. I can feel you leaving. You just want to have fun, even if it was fun and the winter night was cozy to walk in scarves and warm jackets, Gertrude Street buildings alight in Technicolor highlights, even if there was expensive whiskey that fired our lungs. You think I'm too shy. You don't know what I'll be like in bed, you tell me. You say you like it rough. When we get back to mine, I ask for a kiss and you say yes. You pull back, then ask if we can be friends. I say, okay, and I don't keep in touch. 
you. The best times with you are at night. The stars, the quiet, rolling you over between my thumb and forefinger is a habitual ritual, meditative and soothing. Then when my tongue flicks over the stick, you stay quiet, perfect, and I want you so in my mouth. Hate. Sores, raw and hurting, welt the inside of my lips, a sign that my body's hurting, all from my own doing. If I don't stop now, I'm afraid I'll die too young. This poem is called The Heavenly Queen. When I craved love, I would look to the heavens, hoping to catch a glimpse of paradise in the sky. Stars twinkling like fireflies, Melbourne's overripe moon glowing out and outer space gold. I looked onwards and upwards for that invisible road to heaven's door, hoping the doors would burst open to show my destiny. Little did I know that paradise lay at Footscray's riverbank. Grounded along the Maribyrnong, oblivious to industry, machinery, and heavy traffic, glimpsed by thousands as they sped across train tracks, the 16-meter heavenly queen's gaze is serene as she looks past the black swans, cormorants, swamp hens, red-rumped parrots, marbled geckos, and pobobong frogs. Her gaze drifts towards Footscray Road, floating past the Yara, until her wide-open eyes contemplates the bass straight. In her fingers, a small ball of light, beacon to shore. Patron of seafarers, demon destroyer, rainmaker, and healer, one legend tells that Queen Mazu's origin was humble, not yet 18 with supernatural powers. She fell in a trance when her fisherman father and brothers were caught at sea. Their lives about to be lost in a storm, she manifests in spirit, guided them to shore. But before all was safe, her mother broke the trance and her father died at sea. Up close, Queen Mazu's gold paint is chipping, and the lake surrounding her base is filled with weeds and rubbish, duck feathers and shit, a swamp, no tossed coins from lovers wishing for good fortune. The queen's slow decay mirrors the fallen stars I found along the river near Newell's paddock. An exoskeleton of five arms, yellow speckled in purple stripes and tips. They lay unfurled, arms spread equidistant, sometimes crunched up, unnervingly still, underwater creatures stranded on land. 22 broken, crumbled, dried, sunburned to the bone, northern Pacific sea stars. Marine pests, plucked from the muddy riverbank and weeds, not far from the mussels and the patient fishermen after bream or yellow eye mullet or silver trevally. Someone wanted to piece together paradise on the pavement. Maybe it was someone also looking for love. And I think I have time for one more. Fairy tale. Once upon a time in the land where I was born, a king sat stunned when a little white mouth steer outwitted his fierce hunting dogs. A nation was birthed under his tree shelter. Malacca, 
where crabs have saintly crosses on their backs, where fairies bathe by moonlight at the top of seven waterfalls, an island holds the shape of a pregnant maiden, and vampires stalk abusive men. My name is Lian. I am the firstborn daughter of Princess Hang Lipo's 500 handmaiden. My mother arrived with Uncle Cheng Ho and the first Chinese fleet to set foot here. As a baby, my mother massaged my feet with oil. And now, like all Malaccan women, I prefer to go bare feet. My soles are broad and sturdy, not bound, like my mother's lotus claws. I cut my own hair, prefer shorts and t-shirts to kabayas and a neat sangol. Even if I wasn't superstitious, I was interested in ghosts, whispered my classmates. Whispered because the ghosts might hear them. Ghosts, they whispered, are everywhere. I didn't believe in ghosts, but still I wanted to see one. When I turned 13, I experienced bloodstains for the first time, and a loneliness crept into my body like a muscle spasm. My resilience broke whenever I saw girl classmates holding hands, giggling, stealing kisses with boy classmates, gossiping about who likes who. My self-preservation kicks in when I excuse myself to the library and wrap literature around my small frame like a safety blanket. Dreaming of wide open waves and continents where Uncle Cheng Ho had visited. One night of pain, of heavy bleeding, I lay on the grass under the shelter of the tree. I looked up into the night sky to an unusual vermilion moon. Closed my eyes and wished that I would find love one day. My eyes were still shut when I smelled frangipanis, felt cold fingers on my skin. A young woman with eyes as dark as night peered over me. She said, your loneliness I understand, your pain in living outside society. We kissed beneath that moon, red as danger or longing until I heard a door creak, a flash of fluorescence, mother against the frame, furious. What are you doing by the banana tree so late at night? Didn't you hear about the Pontianak who has been roaming the past few weeks? The uncle next door has a mysterious rash on his stomach. To bed now. The uncle always angry, always yelling. His wife always crying. I turned around to look for my friend, but she disappeared in a place a single golden white French penny and a sky aflame with a golden white moon illuminating a future for me. Hello. I've never sat down and read before. It's really funny. Sorry, Michael. I'm going to start off by reading a poem that's in the Australian Poetry Journal that I read at the Pig Bent, which was really good. Uh, it's called See You at Six. Level crossing removal walks me home. At sunset, Deep Heat Skate Park turns memorial. He gets bleary-eyed thinking about Absy. I've never wanted more than a small amount of teenage validation. 
you're really cool, it's a bummer your dad's a train cop. We g'day at Southern Cross, I touch on politely. Tonight I'm feeling heaps, power bill is heaps, pub goes forever. You sink into your own lips, and why not? Too comfy to think of taxes going anywhere but roads. Instead, it's your dad with his bad back. Screaming, there's got to be some relief for a Carlton fan. I guess heaven is the 95 final series. Year winds down like wet cement. Election billboard at the station says vote one cute train cops. Not your dad, though, because he's got shit teeth. Kids do a kickflip at the skate park. I lived on a dirt road and never could. I reckon kickflips are sick and eternal. We keep walking home. I say, kickflips are sick and eternal. You text your dad. He's working Caram Station night shift. Sends you a picture of the ocean. Motion sensor porch light flicks on like a grief you haven't dealt with yet. We say nothing. You kick a can into the 50s. Why is the corner shop always closing? Why do you suddenly appear so handsome? Outside, wind picks up, rattles the screen door. Do you ever think of us together? At Carom, I guess your dad is looking at the ocean. I walk home the long way, remember the skate park in Chelsea where you could see the ocean. Think about trying to do a kickflip and really think about it. Somewhere, I guess the streetlights turn on. I catch your eye and hardly notice. Um, and now I'm going to read... Three poems that I wrote really quickly, like in the last week, which means they're probably like really sappy and sentimental because I feel like I always read, write like sappy stuff and then just have to tone it back and make it crass. <laughs> so they're not crass poems, that's a shame. Uh, this one's called Dumb Luck. What pretty decisions to make. I, turn, I put the morning on like a boot and bark orders at the grass, as if as a kid we wish would stop coming over. I'm a cut snake. I'm making partner at a law firm, swimming in heritage and crossing my arms like a millionaire, like I truly meant it. Well, I'm stealing everything these days, even poetry, gleaning little somethings from the deviations of the day. I'm a rough trade. I'm a busy bee, marveling at the catering as it makes its way to me. Oh, what small attentions my history demands. Conquering a corner lot, one repayment at a time. Uh, and this one's called Tough Luck. <clears throat> His kid has my name, I'm furious. Sound off like a boomer. All the jobs in our town line up in a pretty row, and then you just pick one. Like a new government program, writing template apologies for various ministers and refreshing the news. There's others, I suppose. You're across the room renaming things, making work and inviting a couple eyes into your shopping cart. Bad penny poem, it starts and starts again. Open tabs is a measure of employment. Dreamily, you imagine the wedding they assume you're planning and wonder what you clicked on. Note a cultural shift away from committees. The treasurer recommends a night on the town, a joke, but good for small business. Tax dichotomy, I'm racking up credits like you wouldn't believe. Where'd you say you worked again? Here and there. The night gets so cutesy. The internet with its constant anniversaries becoming unbearable. Perhaps you hit the ball a little too hard or didn't forward an email. Now, sitting flush with the evening and smiling like a fissure through the phone. Google Mount Rushmore on the way home. Great ice cream, but not worth the hassle of parking. Ain't it the way? Didn't you already know it? It's whatever, the days long stretch into something fantastic, just short of a little luxury. Gloriously late now, how queer it looks after a few years away. 
your claim still progressing and almost forgotten. Uh, and this one's called Shit Luck. Finally, come round and everyone's off. Down the pub, heads a shovel. Find nostalgia soured like old motor oil. You're just not swinging it like you used to. Owe to a brick house. Owe to Libba's ACL. Feels good to be back training with the boys. The weather's a mutt we don't have room for. Owe to a pack lunch. And to the concreters calling a day. Your spunk rained out like a cricket match as soon as you get there. Um, and I'm going to read one more poem. If that's what you uh, it's called One Foot in the Harbour. Empty chip packet blows past, gimmicky flavour, something like sauce. Impl- <laughs> Thanks. Gareth gets it. Inbox full of sweeties, you roll over easy, spend tomorrow sunning yourself in their proximate light. The gate spills out into bottle shop. Maybe you'll be the one to make Brisbane cool again. You'll do it from Footscray, do it from anywhere. No longer required to stay home, and your bad housemates are more anthropological now the lease is up in a month. Tell me, if there's attraction in the unknown, why isn't the stock market sexy? A new walk home seems meaningful but often isn't. An empty bathroom feels ominous and often is. Posty's got a new route so it's preoccupied with birds. Antenna knocked the balcony down and brought spring with it. Someone's talking shit now, so I guess you've made it. Someone's taking the express train to see you. You're still a baby now, or maybe a bottle opener, lifting a lid on your own satisfaction. One foot in the harbour and lacing up the other. Ambition like a fist, you release it, waiting on the footpath as the morning opens. Thanks. Majestic Page Funeral. We went into a black pool via the shelves, wanting only to cool ourselves, like foxes divesting themselves of death and trotting to snow because it looks so good. With an occasional leaf for camouflage and the barrage of hunting trumpets, just a fool's painting with headphones, the glory of art unseen by most species, yet alone concrete poetry, but everyone and thing knows when the aeroplane was invented by a Brazilian who regretted it later and died. And we couldn't breathe, our eyes had turned blue. So we came, so we come back to the party, our hearts ready for whatever stimulation's going via mouth, ears, feet, you name it. Dancing rubber, a novel loosely based on the invention of basketball that bounces as you read it. Then we are surrounded by skateboarders who want our old virginity. So we give them our numbers and $50 to go away and read somewhere till later. They are 30 for a day, so they should remember books. And I suppose that poetry is as full of blood as anything else. But it's the differences that make it interesting, the difference between poetry and cars, between poetry and magpies. We seem to float down the stairs despite three, operation, three knee operations between us. So to the streets, where everything skates, and inventors have no regrets. The naturalists. They began, mildly enough, by the creek, or river, as the kids, crooks, or locals called it. The locals had been living there for thousands of years, so it was assumed their idea of everything was corrupted. 
the voices of naturalists, are easy enough to pick. They talk in the language of landscape and make bats from fragments of Catholic mass blown north. They arrange themselves upright and gas bag by twilight. There was a rock crawled by this tent once that looked like a convict or a jam tin that spun around on the edge of a clothesline and it entered my mind and I thought I'd found a lake but I was in my own bed with a snake. I kissed it on its sandy mouth. Oh, did you, went the chorus. This was conventional doubt only. Look at the horses of the windy horizon, how easy it is to belong. Everything flies and nothing returns. In a can of water, sails a swan. Put your head in and it's gone. The study continued in the morning, wiping the frost from their glasses and books, staring at the ridge as if made of signs, fogged up and oblique. We've had worse New York coffee, they joked, as they slurped and readied their eyes and lungs, being still quite gung-ho. They knew the country, of course, but this was a new patch which they'd narrate and debate and dream of. It's so peaceful or primitive here. You can see the broadband rising out of the earth like steam from a god's head. Gaze at the plovers when we're out of bread. Their fathers are, their feathers are honey-coloured. Now, to get an understanding of the place, follow the diagram on this log. The insects suggest taking three paces from a wombat burrow, then wait for a kookaburra to land on your shoulder with a remote in its beak. A remote or a missile, a dictionary or a burnt stick. It's a story of fire, I think. Once a woman came here with her sister or friend, there was tension between them, perhaps something to do with a picture. They walked for hours through the bush, fast and slow. They lived on the sounds of frogs and wild dogs. Then the older one admired a wildflower and said it reminded her of the future, and the younger one made a fire and burnt it. Oh, did she, they chorused, but you have read the whole thing upside down. It's about a cloud that climbed down from the sky and into the creek and was swallowed by a fish. When the fish died, it was caught in the rushes and its bones bleached and were turned into a bracelet by a girl who used its inner cloud to tame a dingo. They were charming each other, trying to channel something. Then a possum coughed and they hurried off like roofing. I was looking at APJ today and reading um, read Dennis Haskell's article on rhyme, which I was reminded of by my own rhyme. <laughs> uh, so I just want to say I don't write free verse. Enterprise. Oh, now I'm doing it without glasses. Seems to work better, but anyway. Enterprise, bought a sick calf. Nursed it till well to sell, then bought Don Quixote. Bought a taut, torn, buttonless jacket. Mended, sold, bought the tree of man. Bought a rungless ladder and repaired and sold it. Bought a room of one's own. Bought a pine cone. Harvested seeds, sold plantation for poet in New York. Bought a comb to rent to long hairs. Made some wigs to sell and bought Walden. Bought a boat, propped it up and sold it as house. Bought the pillow book, the rainbow. Bought an acre of clay and sold to Potter family, bought a typewriter, bought washing tubs, started a laundrette, subscribed to four magazines, bought a hoe, hired a hoer and piano tuner, sold seats to the performance. The piano tuner tuned the hoer, the clods of dirt, the audience. The audience began to protest in perfect time, recorded, sold recordings, made a video of poisonous spider cuddling up to mousetrap, bought yellow velvet suit, hired suit and self out to weddings, parties, 
bought Motown recordings, held dances, hired taxis to take guests home, sold products in back seat, bought football team at charity auction, read them in search of lost time, made calendars of footballers' beatific faces, bought singing lessons, captured pigeons high on coffee beans and released into museum, stole the alphabet from the safe at a university, made soup for community, bought something red every day, sold blood to red thirsty world, sang to deer in forest until mesmerized, then brought in urbanite safari, served milk from breakfast for two years, made cheese fence, made cheese fence. Gradually took every piece of furniture and chalk from local school, collected eagle feathers from cliffs wearing parachute and spats, began to look around for husband on streets and secluded beaches. Made kelp salad, grew rye from seedlings in window boxes, rode to China on bicycle made from matches towing a cocoon, eventually married very tall man with many attributes I lack. Gave lectures on all my activities to advertising executives worldwide. Pretended to have invented the fluorescent tube in some presentations. Ran for Senate under banner of the Poetry Party and won. Gave many interviews explaining I was not a Dadaist or beatnik. Filled office with flowers, had affair with lupin and nasturtium expert, became an artist using rainbows as medium in combination with recitation, gradually working in smaller and smaller spaces while reciting whole books, gave matinees in cupboards for pets and insects, squeaking in epic metre, began to drop hints about a second equator, setting off solo to find it, turned up years later in Silicon Valley, posing as a neck masseur, accepted tips in forms of cyber in the form of cyberspace chunks, code strings, Google crumble. Opened a virtual Italian restaurant, lost money till crucified by creditors. Returned from dead wearing, wearing Google crumble. <laughs> Returned from dead wearing Google crumble dress, salvaged from secret hiding place. Gave anyone who asked a virtual good time. Became known as a virtual Mother Teresa. Wrote more memoirs, went sailing in space, found New Planet, New Husband, taught Proust and Carpentaria to residents of New Planet, learned their classics, played football on weekends with the wives, got my vet licence, began a fashion line based on Don Quixote, enacted narratives I'd read, that is the eight or so books, as if plays, had affairs with all the actors, learned about their body parts, some detachable or marketable. Nice arcade. John, known as Shaw due to his uncertainty, one of a homosocial group of characters that would meet in Vienna or Canterbury, or wherever called by his northern author, grieving over a scene he'd be surprised by a charming window or piece of jade. Nice parade. He was changing everything about him. That was the effect like a moving light or weather Midas. Mr. Karma Chameleon, hide it, holding up chairs, oversized bears in pairs. Neighbours grasp us around the waist, given our signed agreement, of course. Nice charade. If you can read a novel, you can be in one. It's a philosophy of sorts for retired popes, other seniors at a loose end at the resorts. Pinocchio, a fun name for a bored host, who yet sniffs at his refusal to entertain. Even a smidgen of bedroom diversion. Yeah, it's hard dating when you're a queer poet because half the people expect you to be sappy and the other half expect you to treat them rough. 
Anatomy of Google Collie. Reading the email made you sad or the cumulative effect did. The first draft of this poem was bitter against big companies. Logging on all that sick sound of Apple laptops starting up. There's a minor chord in making stances too of key drift. And 21C mottos to counter falling feelings. So 20C. The butts and dicks make us happy to access the dating app. Everyone knows that being queer affects your personality. My therapist said I was doing well just not drinking coke. Yet in arcades like rivers you can find a yellow platypus. Earlier this poem was non-linear, now it's full of lines. If language is like iron lace, what was it like before mining? In a laptop like a sea learning to speak and cry underwater? Poems are more majestic when metaphorically horizontal. I'd rather see everything as a landscape than as a blur. Being a Morrissey age detective, yes, I would say no. Counting friends and followers enables sleep and dreams. Thumbnails have been words since the invention of collage. We wake up with word dreams clogging our mind lungs. Rosa was a cyclist, Luxembourg, a Satanist. Where re those? A skewed allusion to the late, great Juan Luis Martinez. I want this poem to be longer, so I'll have to keep on going, waiting for a not-too-deadly bit of literary roof to brain me. There's always someone proclaiming that the figure's dead, at bleak moments wondering if Command S does anything. But a lump of cinnamon bark in a teapot freaks me out. I overheard of a few pithy chunks today walking around. Um, one was, uh, she goes a lot harder at social media than I do, I think. Another one was, that's because your mum's gay. This is called uh, Son of Anxiety About the Infection of Method Acting with Thing Theory. The idea of playing animals for Oscars was slow in starting. Once it took off, LA needed all sorts of new curbing laws. Large pets roamed everywhere, though mostly on a leash. Inevitably, the vogue passed and playing a human was fresh. Such a convincing human that critics would regularly rave. Critics who predicted a robot wave were warm, but not hot. Suddenly, one year were nominations for a hoover and a cup. Ambitions of both complexity and modesty soon competing. You never quite knew who or what you might be sitting on. Spike Lee announced a new project, President Flat Screen, revealing on Kimmel the title role to be white and female. Pundits tip it'll be Scarlett Johansson, if not a Lee Chainyank. Your umbrella looks like a folded, pointy Penelope Cruz. Risk it or be crushed by oncoming theatrical drops of rain. Thank you, that's it. That was Michael Farrell, Harry Reid and Leanne Lowe, reading at Carlton After Hours. Thank you to all the poets, to Jacinta Laplastriere, and to Australian Poetry for working with us on this fantastic series. We run regular author talks and discussions at all branches of the Yarra Libraries, so please keep an eye on our website. For you, we'd recommend the Fitzroy Writers' Festival, which will be held at Fitzroy Town Hall this Saturday, the 6th of April. If you're keen to read more Australian poetry, please pop into your local branch or place a reservation online. In the meantime, Yarra Libraries promises to leave the rhyming to the poets except in program names and in our newsletters. 
and on social media, and in all the promotional material, and in our policies, and on our posts.